When I say the word volcano, there are probably quite a few things that come to mind. Lava. Maybe you think of Hawaii, Uh, known for being basically one big volcano. Yep, Vesuvius. Maybe it's Krakatoa, which caused one of the loudest sounds ever recorded by humans. Maybe you even think of the show's favourite movie series, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil's Volcano Lair. And my lair is in a volcano. I don't think that's a line from the show. No, I know. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe you think of today's topic on Cheeky Tales. The residents of Pompeii hold the record for the world's most realistic game of the floor is lava. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't. Yeah, I did. (laughs) And have been immortalised forever after being frozen in time beneath deadly layers of ash spewed out by Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Oh, is that the biggest break we've had in the intro? (laughs) Boy, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I can. This week, join me as I take my mate John through the tale of the last day of the Roman city of Pompeii. Are you only doing this episode for that one joke? (laughs) No, but it was great. It's a great. I cracked myself up when I wrote it. (laughs) It's not a great moment, but it's a great joke. (laughs) Yeah, uh, sorry to the sorry to those that uh, that died, but uh, oh my goodness! Mm. Speaking of the floor is lava, you know the show (sighs) on Netflix. Yes, I have known, and I'm not sure if my kids did it, but there were. Uh, worried children yep. when the people fall in the yep. lava because it's just like water and they yeah. they edit it so they fall in and then they disappear. Oh, so kids were like, oh, kids no, were, they kids died. Kids were freaking out that they weren't coming back up or that oh. it was real lava. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. yep. <laughs> mm. Spooky. Okay, so back to the- uh, Back to Pompeii. Back to upsetting topics from Aaron. Yeah, so I decided last week was a bit too tame. Uh, or last episode was a bit too tame with my Balloon Boy one where nobody died. Uh, By the way, you know that Fallout Boy brought out that uh, cover of um, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire? Yeah. Yeah, Balloon Boy's in that. Mm. I Did you see it on like Instagram Reels or something like that? What? The balloon, like the part of the song. Of oh, the yeah, the thing that you sent me. Oh, I did send it to you? Yeah, the guy okay. singing. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure because I did see that during the week. I couldn't remember if I sent it to you or not. Yeah, you did. Mm. Balloon boy. And I literally, I think I saw that the day that episode came out. Yeah, I was pretty happy with yeah. it. I, I listened to it and I'm like, oh, balloon boy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Oh, all right. Um, let's crack the mantle of this story, boy. Good one. Good one. I, yeah, I got nothing. I didn't prepare one for myself. <laughs> no, you've already done your joke. Don't listen to the rest of the episode. The intro- <laughs> It's peaked. The intro was fire. Oh, is that oh. too soon? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's crack on. Uh, let's erupt this story. Oh, let's erupt it. Oh, no. Uh, what even is Pompeii anyway? Pompeii is, uh, Pompeii? Pompeii is mostly known as an ancient Roman town that had a really bad day in 79 AD. <laughs> but obviously- there is a lot more to it than that. It's awful. You're making so much light of it. Yeah. Get dunked. It's, it's great though. Please continue. Pompeii was first founded in the 8th century BC by an Italic people uh, known as the Oscans. Italian. 
Italian, not just people on a slant. Yeah, I knew you'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm actually going to edit my episode <laughs> notes so that the word italic is in italics. <sighs> uh, from here, the Greeks would move in from around 740 BC, building a big old wall around the city in the 6th century BC. The wall didn't just take in the immediate town, but also the surrounding farmland, indicating that even at this time, Pompeii was a wealthy and important settlement. So normally you'd only do the town itself, Mm -hmm. but this they did all the farmland around as well. Slowly, the influence of the Greeks receded, and a group known as the Samnite people would move in and take over the settlement. The Samnite people would gain the attention of the Romans and would eventually lose a war with the Romans, with Pompeii falling into Roman hands. So they were like kind of buddy-buddy, and then the Samnites kept having like infighting, and the Romans were like, nah, let's go. Yeah, Started some wars with them, took them over. Yep. We got to deal with these people. Yeah. The people of Pompeii would go back and forth between happily living under the Romans and rebelling against them. Eventually, the Roman general Sulla was sent in to siege the city. After a bloody battle, the Romans took control of Pompeii once uh, once and for all and would settle 5,000 legionnaires there. The residents of Pompeii were given citizenship of Rome and would eventually begin assimilating into life as Romans. The Romans took quite a liking to Pompeii, as it was on the coastline of the Gulf of Naples and had some fantastic views. Mm. The area also supported very fertile farmland, which the, Romans, which the Romans had no understanding was caused by the volcanic eruptions of Mount Vesuvius. So, um, the Romans had never actually really encountered volcanoes. Yeah, there are no volcanoes in Italy. There are, but they just, ne- like, in the time of the Romans... Okay, in, like nothing really. Yeah, in yep. memory, they hadn't encountered them as a civilization. Yep. So, yeah. Um, the area supported that fertile farmland, like I said. The land was used to grow grapes for wine and olives for eating. <laughs> for pizza. <laughs> Pompeii. Is pizza invented by them? Pizza. No, I don't no. think so. Pompeii ha- uh, also had a very important port for the export of produce from the area. <laughs> what? <laughs> the pause eating. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, they had this important port uh, for the export of produce, which I, meant I that- I thought you said wine. Uh, no port left. Uh, meant that not- Wow, that's a deep cut. I think that's episode two, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. No red port left. Blah. So you remember your boating. Port mm. left red. Uh, which meant that not only was it a fantastic holiday and agricultural destination, it was also economically important for the Roman Empire. The area was so important a destination that even the infamous Roman Emperor Nero had a holiday home in the area. Ooh. Quite an important place, it would seem. Yes. As Roman interest in the settlement grew, so did Pompeii itself. The settlement had many important pieces of infrastructure built, including an amphitheater, a bathhouse, an entertainment district, markets, and a huge amount of brothels. I thought that would have been in the entertainment district. Uh, apparently separate. Oh, okay. The so town- actual entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, by the sounds of it, they had quite a thriving like arts yeah. Um, culture. Yeah, right. The town would even have running water provided by an aqueduct built by the Romans. Wow. I Living man, it up. The aqueducts are amazing. Yeah. Like I, I know a lot about the aqueducts, but it's incredible the amount of mm. work that went into building it, it, them. Yeah, even just the engineering in it. Yeah. Pompeii would find itself being a perfect microcosm of Roman life, with 12,000 people leaving their mark on life in the city. Graffiti was incredibly common and Graffiti. encouraged at the time. Hmm. 
Encouraged. Yep. That's okay. That's it new. was seen as a respectable pastime. And the ruins of Pompeii have left us a few absolute classics from the walls of buildings in the area. So apparently it was like they would do it to leave like reviews. They would do it to leave historical marks. Like they'd do it all the time. It's yeah, just right. like a thing on the, all the walls. Okay. Some people would leave insults. Hey. Oh, it's just not exactly what we know graffiti as today. Yeah, now it's just like, I'm a teenager and I'm tagging. Hmm. Okay. I just looked up where um, Pompeii is because I actually didn't really know where it was. Mm. It's in Italy. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realise. I thought it was somewhere else. Yeah, it's like down the bottom. It's like in the middle, like the shin. of If you look yeah. at Italy as the boot, it's like right on the shin. Yeah, in the Gulf of Naples. Mm. Mm. Well, the Bay of Naples, as I keep switching between saying and writing this. The Bay of Nipples. Bay of Nips. Um. <laughs> you don't want to take your boat out on a fresh morning in the Bay of Nips. No, you don't. It'd be a bit uh, rough. Just sharp through the hull. <laughs> Titanic all over again. So, some examples of the graffiti. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Man, I am getting slammed with Titanic content at the moment, by oh, the way. Really? Yeah, because I've engaged with a couple of posts about it, like just having a read or whatever. And mm. now it's just nonstop. It's like, okay. here's the Titanic, here's the Olympic, here's the Britannic, here's some piece of trivia about when they were building it. I, yeah. I think I, was it because I sent you that thing where it was discussing how the impact of the iceberg wasn't necessarily on the side, more yeah. along the bottom? Is yeah. that the piece that you engaged Maybe. with? And then- yeah, I think so. Yeah, sorry. So, some examples uh, of the graffiti left on Pompeii's streets yep. uh, were some insults. Oh. Uh, Sanius to Cornelius, go hang yourself. <laughs> Corridon is a country bumpkin. Oapapyrus, thou art bald. <laughs> Oapapyrus, thou art oh. no ball player. Oh, he's gotten snapped yeah. twice. Apapyrus was getting Dunked. He's getting dunked on. There was also quite a lot of bragging about sex with some messages such okay. as, I screwed the barmaid. <laughs> Caladius the Thracian <laughs> makes the girls moan. Oh. Solemnas, you screw well. Could you imagine walking through like Brisbane? And you just, it's just like, on just, the wall is like, I effed your mum. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Go to name a restaurant. Why can I not remember any restaurant? Ahmed's in South Bank. Yeah, go to Ahmed's. They have good T-bone steaks. You imagine yeah. that being the graffiti. Like, I mean, that's just basically advertising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you have a point. Is advertising just paid graffiti? Yes. Okay. It's just as annoying. Um, alongside the uh, the sex messages, there were some quite wholesome messages about oh. friends and lovers. Oh. We, two dear men, friends forever, were here. If you want to know our names, they Aaron are Gaius and John, and cheeky and- boys. <laughs> <laughs> they are Gaius and Aeolus. Secondus says hello to his prima, wherever she is. I ask my mistress that you love me. And then we're just in the classifieds of like yeah. misconnections. Yeah. And- <laughs> if anyone does not believe in Venus, they should gaze at my girlfriend. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, but honestly, the best ones were graffiti about poop which there was a strangely large amount of. Okay. Watch it. You that shits in this place. <laughs> May you have Jove's anger if you ignore this. Second is defecated here. That was on that same wall three times. So okay. he's like, over here, over here, over here. Wow. So this guy's just taking dumps on, beside this wall all the time. Now, if you, if you did that this day, you just leave an evidence. Yeah. <laughs> After the events 
of Destruction Day and the eventual excavation, much more about Roman life has been discovered from the remnants of Pompeii. Uh, Writings have been found, artefacts of everyday life, and of course, the ghostly voids that mark the spot where many people found their death. Before we get to that, though. Bring it down. Yeah, I know, right? We're having fun so far. I'm the good of, I'm the best at writing happy, sad. (laughs) Happy, sad. Let's chat about Mount Vesuvius mm. and the events leading up to that day. I have to say, great job naming Mount Vesuvius Thank you. in the uh, intro. What was the other one you named? Krakatoa. Krakatoa. That's another good story. Is that called Krakatoa because it was very loud? And they no. just went, oh, that's what the sound it made. Let's call it that. No. Yeah. It was called that beforehand. Okay. Apparently, Krakatoa has done that a couple of times. Oh, really? Mm. Mount Vesuvius is the most active uh, volcano in Europe and is to this day the only volcano in Europe's mainland to have erupted within the last 100 years. I was going to say, when was the last time it erupted? It was within the last 100 years, yeah. but it was only like a small one. Did you look up volcanoes in Australia? Yeah, we don't have any active ones. We don't have active ones, but yeah. we have the most volcanoes per landmass in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah, I went to one up uh, up north, west of Cairns once. Surely, surely, the flows. surely one has to go off at some point. Well, we're a very stable... Yeah, true. Um, Landmass. There's not a lot yeah. of. What are they called? The plates. Yeah. Tectonic plates. Yeah, we're like in the middle of a plate. Mm. So, yeah. Mount Vesuvius sits around two kilometers northwest of Pompeii, close to the shoreline of the Gulf of Naples, and was for centuries a silent watcher over the area. While Vesuvius hasn't erupted during the, hadn't erupted during the time of the Romans. Geologists have found that Vesuvius itself started forming some twenty five thousand years ago with eruptions every few thousand years forming the shape that it has today. A particularly large eruption happened roughly 3,800 years ago, which destroyed a number of Bronze Age settlements nearby and coated the land in the nutrient-rich soil that the Romans would come to adore for their produce. Mm -hmm. After that eruption, the volcano had more frequent but less intense eruptions, with the last major eruption taking place in 217 BC, with a period of no eruptions Uh, of 295 years until the eruption of 79 BC. The Romans, having very little in the way of experience with volcanoes, would build all over Vesuvius itself, covering it in gardens and vineyards. Well, up up the actual side of... Yeah, on the slope of the volcano, yeah. Um, As is the way with areas near volcanoes, the area around Vesuvius was known for earthquakes as well. In fact, in the years leading up to the 79 AD eruption, there were a number of powerful earthquakes that caused damage to the infrastructure of the area. Mm. In 62 AD, widespread damage to Pompeii. Uh, it caused, uh, yeah, big old eruption, <laughs> big old earthquake. earthquake. 62 AD, I wrote this section terribly. Big damage to Pompeii. Um, so knowing what we know now, warning signs that yeah, so, Vesuvius is waking up. Yeah, there was plenty of signs, but they just didn't understand yeah. any of it. Um, there was a guy that was doing- um, research into earthquakes and saying like, oh, all these earthquakes might be connected. But he thought that they were because of storms. Oh, okay. Mm. So big earthquake in 62 AD caused damage to Pompeii. Yep. Some of that damage was still there uh, in 79 AD. Like they were still repairing mm-hmm. what had happened 17 years later. Um, no, um, I'm assuming the buildings were much better built rather than the ones we learnt about in the- Great Fire of London, where you could just pull it down with one hook? Yeah, a little bit better than that. Okay, yep. Yeah, they didn't have fire hooks pulling everything down. Yeah, okay. Another earth plate, earthquake took place in 64 AD, so two days, two years after that one before, 
uh, causing at least one theatre to be evacuated, which was notable <laughs> because the Emperor Nero was performing there at the time. Oh, okay. He was doing a bit of a song. I'm like, why is this? I'm like, I thought you were going to say it fell down. No, it just it was just evacuated. Well, shortly after the evacuation, it did collapse. Oh. Mm. So lucky. Nero was in there like, oh, and then. He, sorry. Oh, thank you. I don't know how they I sung. Was, I was transported to. Yeah, it's like you were in. What did you two do? I hope that comes true. <laughs> Can you check my lamp and stuff? I think they knocked all that over. Oh, they come out of your your office. I think it was Ollie and Stells. I think they were behind there trying to get behind the curtain, uh, behind the blind. Peek behind the curtain. All right. Even in the four days leading up to the eruption, there were minor earthquakes. However, the residents of Pompeii had grown accustomed to them. And with such a little knowledge of volcanoes would dismiss the warning signs and go on about their day. Yeah, that doesn't seem great if you're having earthquakes day in, day out. Yeah, and you're just like, eh, whatever. Enough that you're, eh, yeah. Yeah, if you're getting accustomed to earthquakes, you're having too many earthquakes <laughs> and you should leave. Too many earthquakes. Too many earthquakes. Hello, it's Aaron here, dropping in mid-episode for the first time ever, uh, just to do some little bit of housekeeping. Um, we are not going to have an episode next fortnight. We're going to have a fortnight off. First time we've intentionally dropped an episode. The reason for that is that I'm going to be overseas. I'm going on a holiday to New Zealand, and we're not going to have a chance to uh, record before that happens. So uh, we're going to have a week off. We're going to have a fortnight off, uh, let ourselves take a little bit of a break, rather than try and rush some bad content and come back stronger than ever after that break. Um, if you are from New Zealand, feel free, if you see me and recognize me, to throw money at me because holidays are expensive and I'd like some more money, please. Thank you. But anyway, enjoy your extra fortnight without us. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again and uh, we will be back. Enjoy the rest of the episode. This next section I'm also pretty happy uh, with the title of. Okay. And it will make more sense as we get further into the uh, the bit that I'm describing. But it's called Too Pliny to Eruption. Like Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm. I'm very happy with that. I love it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> with all of that out of the way, let's turn our attention to the reason we even know about Pompeii today. The day the big flamey boy went bang. <laughs> The only surviving record of the events that took place in Pompeii come from one man who sent letters to his friend 25 years after the event. This man was Gaius Plinius Cocalius Secundus. And you had to go at me last episode for names I couldn't yeah. pronounce. <laughs> or Pliny the Younger to his bros. Wasn't Pliny one of the guys writing on the wall? No. Oh. I think that was Pius. Oh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Young Pliny was staying in a town called Mycenaeum at the time, roughly 20 miles to the west of Pompeii across the Bay of Naples. Pliny was staying with his mum, Plinia, and his uncle, Pliny the Elder. That's a come whole on, lot of Pliny. Come, come on. <laughs> you got three people called Pliny. Yeah, now I get your title. Yeah. Too Pliny to... Too Pliny to eruption. Mm -hmm. Pliny the Elder 
was a fairly important guy, being the commander of the Roman naval fleet at Mycenaeum, and was possibly the greatest naturalist of the time. He had written what is considered by many to be the first encyclopedia, called Natural History. Oh, not Plinius Rottius? <laughs> Plinius Bookius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was a whopping 37 volumes in length. Whoa. The work covered everything from botany, uh, zoology, astronomy, geology, and mineral mineralology. And he wrote it all. Yeah. He didn't just gather the information from other people. He was- There was a little bit that was referencing other people, but okay. most of it was from his time. Impressive. He also included history, mining techniques, grain processing, and art history. It's one of the largest surviving pieces of work from the Roman Empire and has largely been corroborated by archaeological finds in the area. So, yeah, kind of a big brain guy. Impressive. And he was the commander of the naval. the naval fleet there. Wow. Yeah. So, he's like travelled all over the place. He's got his own entire Wikipedia entry. Yeah, nice. Yeah. At about midday of the eruption, Plinia was looking out over the bay from their villa. Must be nice. (laughs) Uh, And noticed a cloud forming above Mount Vesuvius. She called her brother, Big Pliny, and he went to take a gander at this weird old cloud. He called over young Pliny. Wait, check this out. Yeah. Lil Pliny describes what his uncle saw. Little Plin. Lil Pliny. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a rapper in a couple of years called Little Plin. Lil Pliny. Uh, a cloud was ascending, the appearance of which I cannot give you a more exact description of than by likening it to that of a pine tree, for it shot up to a great height in the form of a very tall trunk which spread itself out at the top into a sort of branches. It appeared sometimes bright and sometimes dark and spotted, according as it was either more or less impregnated with earth and cinders. Hmm. His description of the cloud was so detailed that volcanologists now call the kind of eruption that occurred at Mount Vesuvius a Plinian eruption, which is a pretty dope legacy to leave. Yeah, that's cool. Obviously, Lil Pliny got a little bit of his uncle's flair for naturalism. Yeah, nice. Mm. Volcanologists. That does sound like a pretty dope job. Yeah. Oh, here we Yeah, Star Trek. No. What do you do? I'm a volcanologist. <laughs> oh, you study volcanoes. No, I'm just a huge nerd. <laughs> 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 Considering the Romans didn't have all that much experience with volcanoes, it must have been very interesting to Big Pliny, as he decided to load up a little boat to take him across the bay to take a look. As he was about to leave, though, a big messenger Pliny, came. little boat. Little boat, big Pliny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a messenger comes up from his friend Rectina, who was stuck at her seaside villa near the foot of the volcano and could only escape via sea. Not sure how he got the message, if they could only escape via yeah. sea, but uh, he got it. Uh, but she wanted someone to come have a float past and scoop her up. Immediately, Big Pliny would order the launch of the entire fleet to sail towards Mount Vesuvius. It's not clear whether any rescue efforts were being discussed before the rich lady asked for help, but I digress. <laughs> as the fleet crossed the bay, it wasn't all that fun of a journey. As you can imagine, with a big volcano eruption, there was rain, comprised of flaming cinders and lumps of pumice stone. Not only that, but the rock that had already fallen was building up on the seabed, creating new obstacles to traverse as they got closer to shore. Mm. It got so bad that his helmsman told him that they should. Uh, it got so bad that Pliny the Elder's helmsman told him that they should abandon their efforts and turn back to safety. 
What came next was a quote that resonates through time with just a little bit of irony. As Pliny stated, fortune favours the brave and ordered the fleet to continue to a town on the shore called Stabiae. Is he the one that- He's the one that said that. Yeah. That's, where this, okay. that's where that quote comes from. Right, okay. Mm. So uh, Stabiae uh, was eight miles from where they were originally headed where a senator named Pompanius, Pomponius was staying. Uh, as it was seemingly impossible to get to the home of Rectina closer to Pompeii. Uh, he sounds like a pompous ass. Yeah. His name is spelt pom pom pon i anus. <laughs> no Pomponianus. jokes there. There's no jokes there at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where that quote comes from. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Seems like there's a lot of um, history to come out of this event. Like a lot of things can be tied back to it. Like that quote. Yeah. The, um, the massive um, encyclopedias that, mm. from this one guy. Yeah. It's, it's not just even the whole event. It's one dude. Mm. Yeah. So fortune favours the bold or fortune favours the brave. Yep. Um, just remember that okay. as we continue. When they arrived, they found that Pomponius had already prepared a ship to leave, but the winds that had brought Pliny across the bay were preventing the ships there from leaving. Taking it all in. Plinia's crew saw the flames dotted all over the mountain, which they thought must be from villages on the mountain burning up. They also saw the fear of everyone around them, as the ash and flaming stone still fell. Pliny had to make a plan, and fast, to evacuate everyone from the shore. So he asked for some dinner, had a bath, and went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sets him up. Knocks him down. <laughs> so he's, he showed up there and everyone's uh, like, oh, oh, what are we going to do? I was, just praising, I was just praising this dude and then he's just gone, now I'm hungry. Yeah, a, someone th- draw a bath. Let's yeah, go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lil Pliny writes that he believed that his uncle was trying to calm everybody down by acting like it was no big deal uh, when clearly it was a very big deal and they should have been doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but- That's what he thinks. He's like, oh, I think he was just trying to keep everybody calm. During the night, as you might expect, things didn't get any better. The stone and ash continued to fall, piling up on top of the roof of the home and filling the courtyard. Eventually, the shaking and stone rain became too much, and Pliny the Elder was woken, possibly by an earthquake, possibly by a rightfully fearful resident, and asked what they should do. They had a decision to make, either stay in the house and trust the roof would protect them, or attempt to escape through the fields. Obviously, escape would be dangerous, with all the falling stone, but the home may collapse at any time, crushing them beneath its weight. Eventually, the decision was made that they should make for the shore and try to escape, but to do so safely, they would tie, and this is not a joke, pillows to their head and make a break for it. So they tied pillows under the top of their head, and they're like, a bit of cushioning that makes some kind of sense. Surprisingly, this worked, and they made it to the shore. <laughs> You're just making fun of it. <laughs> it worked. Unsurprisingly, it was still not possible to escape via sea due to the winds. If you were to run out in a hailstorm. Yeah, I'm going to put something on my head like that. A pillow or like a pot or- Yeah, I'm going to put something on. Okay. A helmet of some sort. Yeah, so it's still not possible to escape via sea. So Pliny the Big asked for a sail to be laid out for him. As he sat and drank some water, again, come on, dude- There was suddenly a toxic gas cloud that enveloped them all, and the party would again need to evacuate. Pliny the Younger recounts what his uncle did next. Pliny the Elder raised himself up with the assistance of two of his servants and instantly fell down dead, 
suffocated, as I conjecture, by some gross and noxious vapour, having always had a weak throat. Oh, that's it? Yep. Rip plenty. You really didn't do all that much in the way of rescuing. You said what kind of gas it was? Like a sulfuric? Nobody's really sure. Okay. Um, His friends and crew did manage to evacuate, though, uh, in the end via land. And when they returned a couple of days later, they found that his body had no external injuries. So it's clear that he had died either from the gas or from a heart attack or stroke. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. What a way to go. Wow, just, yep. Help me up. Kudunk. Yeah. Not even killed by the volcano. No. Just, well, maybe, but just died. Mm. What was Lil Pliny up to, though? Lil Pliny had decided to stay with his mother and help her through the event. While it was better to be further away, it wasn't much better, as they were still dealing with the flaming rock and ash falling on them the whole time. During the night after Big Pliny left, uh, Lil Pliny was awoken by tremors in the ground, possibly the same that woke Pliny the Elder, Mm -hmm. and found that in Mycenaeum too, the buildings were being shaken to destruction. Pliny and his mother would huddle in the courtyard, noticing that the morning sun was being blotted out by the cloud of ash forming from the volcano. After a second earthquake, the family and the villages surrounding them would flee on foot to the surrounding fields. A third earthquake would result in the sea receding from the shore as a tsunami was on its way. In the only piece of good news from here, it seems that this wasn't all that bad of a tsunami as it doesn't seem to have caused much damage. Mm, That's good. But then how would you really know? There's a lot of other things causing damage. Yeah, I suppose. As they escaped, Plinia told her son to abandon her and save himself, as in her words, she was too fleshy and old to go any further. Pliny wasn't fallen for this one, and grabbed her hand and pulled her forward, shaking the ash off themselves as they went. Eventually, the cloud would part, and the ash and stone would stop falling, and the people of Mycenaeum would return home to wait for the return of the naval fleet. Young Pliny would say of what remained when they returned, Every object that presented itself to our eyes, which were extremely weakened, seemed changed, being covered deep with ashes as if with snow. Obviously for the Plinies, this wouldn't be a happy day, as they would get word that Big Pliny had collapsed and died. But what about those people in ash in Pompeii? Mm. So far, this story hasn't really had much to do with what happened in Pompeii, despite that being the title of the story. Well, that's not a mistake, as there really isn't any surviving accounts of what happened in the town, unsurprisingly, but we can take a few solid guesses. By the time that Plinia had noticed the cloud forming above Vesuvius, the sun was already blocked from Pompeii, and they were experiencing the ash and stone rain that Big Pliny felt in Stabiae. There would only be a few hours to evacuate before it would be impossible to escape via foot. Within the first 12 hours, there would already be nine feet of debris piled up on the streets. Wow. Blocking doors and beginning to crush buildings. And that's like ash and rock and... Yeah. Yeah, wow. Nine foot. So wow. that's up over the roof. Yep. Uh, if people hadn't escaped, it was now too late in Pompeii. Not that many of them would know. As the evening progressed, those unfortunate enough to be trapped in Pompeii would find themselves trapped inside, hunkering down together, weeping, praying, and generally kissing their asses goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> As midnight hit... The column of smoke that Pliny the Younger described collapsed, triggering a series of pyroclastic surges to race down the mountainside. A pyroclastic surge is basically the worst kind of avalanche, made up of volcanic ash, stone and toxic gas, gas, gas that rushes down the slope of a volcano. Basically, just a really bad time. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, as the pyroclastic surge flowed down the mountain, it hit the town of Pompeii at around 60 to 100 kilometers an hour, 
Sheesh. Temperatures up to 500 degrees Celsius. Sheesh. Yeah, or 900 Fahrenheit. Wow. Killing all the remaining residents of Pompeii immediately. It would also dump a further eight feet of ash on the town within two minutes, encasing it in ash until it would later be excavated. There would be further pyroclastic flows that would destroy the town even further and would cause the bodies of those killed to contort into grotesque and scary poses. So you know the poses of them all, like they look like they're covering their face Mm -hmm. and like their arms are up and they're all crunched up. Yeah, it's because when the heat gets them, all the muscles tighten up. Yeah, even just trying to, you're just trying to shield like- yeah. Sensitive areas, like mm-hmm. your face is sensitive to heat. Mercilessly, poses showing people covering their mouths or writhing in pain were caused by the muscles tightening with the heat. Within just 36 hours, Pompeii was covered with 20 feet of ash and 17% of the people that had lived there were killed in the eruption. That was roughly 2,000 people. That's not what the rest of them- They all got out, yeah. They got out, yeah. So it's less people than you would think. Yeah. One thing I didn't know about Pompeii is- I it, thought it was like a majority of people in Pompeii. No, only 17%. Okay. But Pompeii wasn't the only town to have this happen to it. There was one nearby called Herculeum, and it also got the same thing happen to it. Mm-hmm. And there was another one on the other side that had the same thing happen. There was like four or five yeah, towns right. that got destroyed like this, yeah. But being that, I don't know, because not even- Oh, oh mate, they didn't even go to Pompeii. They went to yeah, one further south. Eight miles south or something, yeah. You may have the picture in your head of the bodies encased in ash that have been excavated over the years. Those are actually casts of the bodies that formed when the bodies rotted away, leaving the cavity encased in ash to be exploited for tourism later on. Yeah, it's pretty gross. After the eruption, uh, the area was abandoned, with only looters returning to steal belongings. While other towns on the coast attracted holidaygoers again- I said what belongings were left- they literally like dug into the ash to get down to the houses and like went room to room trying to find stuff inside. Okay, I wouldn't imagine much would have survived. No, I don't think so. Uh, while other towns on the coast attracted holiday goers again, it was never quite the same during the time of the Romans. The first attempt to excavate the site was completed in around 222 to 235 BC, but was too difficult for the techniques and tools of the time. The site would be forgotten to time until the 18th century. When the, Naples, uh, when the Naples region was finally regaining popularity, a canal was being built. And during the digging to build the canal, the town of Pompeii was rediscovered. Hold up. So you're telling me for 1,800 years, people just forgot about it? Yep. About and they 1,700 just, years. And they just happened to stumble upon it. Yeah, they were just digging a canal. And they're like, there's a town down here. And then immediately had to stop digging the canal. Then how'd they know it was Pompeii? Because they would have gone back through records, like, why okay. is there a town under ash? Like, Okay. Yeah. Archaeologists would uncover the trove of artifacts hidden beneath the ash, and sadly, the ghostly casts of the dead. They would work to develop a technique of filling the cast with goo to then create a ghostly cast of the dead. Now Pompeii is a bustling tourist attraction that attracts 2.5 million visitors per year. Of course, Mount Vesuvius has continued to be active since this event. However, the most recent was a medium-sized eruption in 1631, which killed around 4,000 people. Oh, only a medium. Yeah. Today, there is roughly 3 million people living within the region of Mount Vesuvius, with the city of Naples just eight miles away. It is the most populated volcanic region in the world. So who knows? Maybe we'll have another Pompeii one day. Are they growing grapes in that area still? Yeah. Like Still a very fertile area. Fertile area. Yeah. 
so they reckon that they all have uh, volcano evacuation procedures there, but eight million people live within the distance that Big Pliny got to. Sorry, three million people live within the the distance yeah, okay. that Big Pliny got to. Yeah, yeah. Is that, so that evacuation plan is probably everyone's going to bottleneck the roads or well, the Pompeii eruption was only thirty six hours. So you think a day and a half to mm. evacuate an entire city of three million people? Like if you had to get everyone out of Brisbane in thirty six hours, and that's one point five, <clears throat> and that's not like how quick was that um, after the eruption? The pyroclastic the- surge. Yeah, that quick- was. The evening after it started, so about 12 to 24 hours. Yeah, so that's not even a full timeline either yeah. before you've got super hot, mm. superheated gas and toxic yeah. fumes coming through. Yeah. Damn. Mount St. Helens was the same, same sort of thing. It just went boom and it was over. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last uh, volcanic one we've had was New Zealand, wasn't it? We had some- Yeah, was, White Island. Yeah, had mm. some tourists get stuck there and- Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Anyway. That's Pompeii well, and the Plinies. Thanks, boy. That was enlightening because I know of Pompeii and Vesuvius, but yeah, now I know more. Yep. And had fun telling the story of- <laughs> So did 2,000 people dying. Yep. Got some good good jokes in there. <laughs> oh, man. That which is not up. what you expect. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well done, boy. I congratulate you on a story well told. Thank you. That was very good. I, if I do say so myself. Thanks for listening. Uh, You'll be able to find supplemental pictures on our social feeds, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and And threads. threads. Um, Aaron will be posting up some pictures, I guess, of the volcano and possibly some casts that were left from the people. As much as I can find. Yep. That Um, is at Cheeky Tales Pod on all of those. Did I not mention that? No. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. At Cheeky Tales Pod. Go there. Get the word out. Um, if you, for some reason, it happens more often than not. If you happen to be talking to someone about Pompeii or about Vesuvius, let them know about this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we want to get this podcast into as many ear holes as we can. Fill those ear holes with John and Aaron. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and get on the socials that we just mentioned before and give us some feedback. Let us know yeah. some topics that you want to hear. Um, some of our most favorite topics have come from listener feedback. Yep. Our and we will be Reese happy from the to. UK gave us Amelia Earhart. We'd be happy to research and do an episode on them. If they're not like a big enough story, we'll collect them and we'll have a collection of mini stories. A medley. We'll have a medley of listener stories. That sounds mm. like a great idea. Yeah. Get them in. Thanks again, boy. Um, That's right. This has been Cheeky Towers episode 56. It has. Pompeii. Thank you for listening and good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chiquitos. 